This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast about what makes life worth living. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista. And on this episode, we're talking about Nick Cave. Julie is very frightened about this cold open. What's in the box? <laughs> okay, so I have some presents for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't get that scared. Also, don't ask why I got you presents. It's just, it's happening for some reason. I saw things, I wanted to buy them for you. <laughs> End of story. Okay. So here's this. Although, you know what? Maybe I should give you this one last. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> this one is really stupid. Okay, so I want really give this to you and want to do. I kind of want you to to describe it a little bit. <laughs> Scalers. So it's basically Ultron pole dancing. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, it's supposed to go like on your headphones and stuff. So he's supposed to like be a little buddy, but he's just on a stripper pole. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw this the other day. And that was immediately my first thought. And even, too, when I came home, um, my husband saw it, and he was like, why is Ultron in full And the thing that's weird about this is, like, it is Avengers. Like, it's official and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Marvel knows about this. <laughs> they and know. It's a thing. And apparently they're just fine with it. I want to collect them all and just have, like, create a strip club, like a Marvel strip club. Because, I mean, Stan Lee's in a strip club for Deadpool. So I can even have Stan Lee there. New goals. I'll make, like, a, what are they called? That we used to make in school. Diorama. Yeah. I'll make, like, a diorama of the strip club for Marvel. (laughs) I hope that more of them look like that. Because, honestly, Marvel, I don't know what you were thinking. Okay. It's like a... I see a spoon! Oh, it's the butterfly bug! <laughs> I've seen it! <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of you. And I feel like it reminds me of you for several reasons. I mean, one, because, I don't know, the blue and the tea and all of that. But also, I remember that story. <laughs> Maybe this was a story time you should have told, and now I'm just going to ruin it. But I remember you talking about when you got that... Um, Cinderella's carriage. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like such a big deal. And then. Like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it got destroyed. Yeah, okay. Story time. I don't know why my family is the way it is, but one of the things my family did was when I turned like six, five, somewhere around there. They're just like, she's so mature and older, we're going to give her some really nice, expensive, collectible gifts. And that whole Christmas, I got, like, a collectible fairy plate that got displayed, and I got this um, pair of earrings, and then they bought me this glass-blown, like, Cinderella carriage that moved, and I was just like, ah, like, I loved it so much, and it lasted for a very short time. I put it up on my, like, entertainment center, and the cat just knocked it off and then my parents were like yeah you're not responsible and didn't buy me anything nice for like 10 years <laughs> like it was all my fault <laughs> like, like this was your one shot and then you <laughs> never got me anything nice ever again like so I loved that carriage but it like the wheel got broken off and I was like I can grow it but it won't work anymore <laughs> I loved it so much it was shattered <laughs> it'll, 
It always feels like parents do that to you, too. I know. It's like, they can't just... dictate my life on this one moment. <laughs> they're just kind of setting you up for failure for some reason. They'll, like, give you a bike, and it's like, now, Timmy, don't lose this bike. If you lose this bike, I will never trust you again. No, I'm not going to pick up your bike, <laughs> and it's gone forever. <laughs> I, you turn around, the bike is immediately stolen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did that in Archer, where, like, she stole his car. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Well, anyway. Well, thank you. Cold open now being over. Now you get to rage? I don't okay. know. I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on but don't you see that's what she was there for that was the plan to give you a boner <laughs> and you got one congratulations you're human i guess i was pretty horny what do you say we cut the chit chat a hole well when i think about it i don't know when i just started to like nicholas cage a lot i think it's just because his face just started being on everything and i found it absolutely hilarious and just amazing that it was I've always really liked his voice. I'm big on voices, and he has a very lovely toned voice, and so I always like listening to him. But I didn't watch a whole lot of movies when I looked at it. I'd only seen 13 movies before doing this project. And as a kid, the ones I watched was like Raising Arizona was a big one my family loved. And so I'd seen that one quite a few times. That's a really ridiculous, lovable film. And then I saw Family Man... Because that's the one, <laughs> I told you, I kept remembering a really specific quote, and I don't know why. And so there's that one, and then Face Off. I love Face Off. So it kind of, I didn't really have a huge love for him when I was younger. It just kind of bloomed in a way where I was just like, he's the man. Like, he's, if he allows all this hilarity to happen, like, I'm cool with him. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, we watched Face Off together. Mm -hmm. So I have experienced Face Off now. And the only thing, I mean, the thing I've said this last time we were talking about this, is that family needs so much therapy. <laughs> so much therapy. That is, the, that is the biggest problem I had with that movie, was I was like, the amount of trauma <laughs> that, that, every, that everybody has gone through in this movie. It's too much, to be honest. Like, it's too much. Like, because, honestly, I kind of just want to spoil this movie, because I feel like everybody needs to know these things. That, like... The person who he changes faces with is, like, the villain who killed their family's son. So it's, like, he's a pretty serious villain. And then, so when they both switch faces and he becomes the dad, he sleeps with the mom and is, like, flirting with the daughter. And then uh, they end up, he, as the villain, kills the dad, and then he goes back to being the dad and just kind of goes back to the family, and then they adopt another son who is the villain's son. It's yep. like, it's <laughs> a lot going on. You need help. <laughs> this is a lot to unpack. Like, I don't even think a therapist can help you here. I can't <laughs> even unpack it in this podcast. And I watched it, too. <laughs> Saw the whole thing, all aspects. But it's a great movie if you want to watch a really just, like, peak 90s-ass movie. <laughs> so, when I realized that I love Nick Cage, but hadn't seen... A lot of his movies, I decided I needed to watch these movies. Which, funny enough, I did find... There's, like, literally a whole podcast about just watching his movies and dissecting them. So, I mean, I'm not the only one that feels this way. As much as I wish I were. 
as always, I had a set of rules <laughs> with my project. And the whole point of the project is I wanted a definitive list to tell me what movies are good, what movies are so bad they're funny, and what movies just aren't worth anyone's time. And I have that list now. <laughs> so this is definitely the kind of thing. We should put this on Facebook. So I'll start with how I created my list. Okay. Tell us the rules. The rules. <laughs> so I created my list. I literally just went to IMDb and pulled and imported like his whole list. Which IMDb, when I checked it today, has him listed for 109 movies. I watched 95. So I removed, so first of all, there's a handful that haven't been released yet, so I can't watch those. There's like four or five that haven't been out yet. And then um, there are another handful that are like really old television movie series. And even if I wanted to watch them, I can't fucking find them. <laughs> They're just so obscure. And so I removed all those. And then there were... Like, four other movies that I particularly removed. So, one is I removed Into the Spider-Verse. Because, one, I had seen it. So, it's not like I'd never watched it before. And his role is very, very, very minor. And since it's just voice acting, I was like, eh. And for the same exact reasons, I removed G-Force. Because I think he has, like, two lines. I've seen it before. <laughs> it's not really a Nick Cage movie. And then, uh, Sunny is listed under him, but he directed it. He's not... I think he may have had, like, a narration or a voiceover, but he's not particularly in it, so I removed that one. And this one that confused the shit out of me when I was trying to, like, figure it out was Grindhouse. He's uncredited. So I think he's, like, in one scene, but he's not even credited, so I don't even know why, if he's not credited, he's it's listed under his IMDb, because it specifically says in parentheses, uncredited. And last but not least, there's a movie called Dark, that's the director's cut of a movie called Dying from the Light, which I did watch that one, and I hated it, so I wasn't about to watch like, a slightly different version of it. I was like, maybe if I liked it, but I gave it a zero. Fuck you. I was like, I am not watching that. <laughs> so, through all that, I ended up with 95 movies. So do you, so what, what order would you like to go in this? Do you want to go in like best of the best? So first thing I want to say is if anyone else is inspired and wants to do this project, you should watch it from the oldest movie to the newest one. I feel like that journey would be a lot smoother than the horrid ride that I went through. Okay. <laughs> so that's, just, I just want to tell someone out there, like, just go from oldest to newest because he goes through these phases that I started noticing that I think would be a lot smoother if you just went on it with him. <laughs> Instead of the shit that like, I did. Like what? Like, what do you mean? Well, like, one, he fixes his teeth. There's a certain point where, like, his teeth go from, like, completely fuckered to perfect. And it's just funny to, like, go back and forth between nice teeth and not nice teeth when you're, like, watching them. And, I mean, you do have to be in a certain mode for, like, 90s and 80s movies. You can't go watch, like, something from 20... 20 and I can go to 20 or 1980 and be fine like it's not not how it works <laughs> like so I, just putting yourself in the right mental spaces and the other thing that kind of happened to me is I'd end up watching like six gangster movies in a row and be like I don't even like gangster movies god damn it and so like I would feel like I was being harsher to one than I needed to be just because I'm like I'm sick of it <laughs> like I don't want to watch it anymore so that's definitely my recommendation I will say I also I did all this in uh seven months 
and some change. Do it in a year, fellas. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> so, it's my other, my other thing. Uh, but through this project, I gave it one of four types of ratings. So I gave it a really specific, like, one out of ten, or one through ten rating. But then I gave it, like, a marker. So it starts off with W-O-T, which is waste of time, as in no one needs to watch this anywhere for any reason. <laughs> which, out of 95, that was 34 movies that I had to watch that were not worth my time. <laughs> are there are there any standout not worth your times? Yes. I have seven that were zeros. Okay. Zeros. Okay. I mean, I feel like the waste of times are probably not as interesting, or are they interesting? They you? can be, but typically I call those would not recommends. Okay. So, but my zeros, Left Behind was the first zero I got. Fuck that movie. That movie, they're, it's like the the end of the world, the fourth, the coming of the sinners and whatnot. So half the world just disappears. Without a trace. And the idea is they're all the good people and all the horrible sinners slash godless heathens are left on the planet to suffer. Instead of, I don't know, focusing on that, they're like, he needs to land a plane! He's a fucking pilot! Why wouldn't he be able to land a goddamn plane? Like, and so the whole movie's about him trying to land this plane. They're not, I mean, they're kind of showing the earth and, you know, because kids are disappearing. All the kids disappear. Because, you know, they're clean or whatever without sin. And, like, mothers and churchgoers. But not all the churchgoers disappear and all this stuff. But they're just like, he's got to land a plane. I'm like, that's really the ultimate, like, <laughs> thing we're focusing on. And then it ends on a cliffhanger where they're like, it's just beginning. It's literally the last line. But then they don't, you know, the movie was shit. So they didn't <laughs> continue on with it. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible movie. Okay, so Dying of the Light is about two old motherfuckers with Alzheimer's trying to kill each other. That's what it is, okay? Like, it had interesting moments, but essentially Cage is, he's got, like, it's not Alzheimer's. It's some extremely more aggressive version of dementia. But he knows this case that was closed years ago that ruined his life. He knows the guy's still out there, and he saw something that, like, led him to it. And this other uh, detective is on his side that's younger and trying to support him. And yeah, in the end, it's just two dying old men trying to outswindle each other when they can't even sit in a room for more than five minutes before forgetting where the fuck they are. And I'm like, really? This is this is what it is? Like, the other guy's dying of a blood disease. Like, he's literally a week from death, and Nick Cage is like, I don't care, I'm gonna throw him in jail. And it's like, dude, get over it. Why is this young man <laughs> indulging you? Like, <laughs> And he gets lost, like, he'll just roam the city because he's got, you know, extreme dementia, and it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> the whole thing, and just stupid shit just keeps happening because, I don't know, he keeps forgetting where the fuck he is, and it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> so that was terrible. Um, time to Kill. I had to take a break after that movie. That movie was so horrible to watch. I couldn't watch another movie for a minute. I was like, it's horrible. Well, <laughs> to take a slightly different shift, maybe we can come back to the bad movies at the end. Maybe we should go kind of more for some of the hard huge roles. Yeah, like that was, that was hard. <laughs> there are some intensely bad Nick Cage movies, but let's get into what you would consider to be more neutral. So, would not recommend is what I put for my neutral movies. So, for one reason or another, I didn't think it was a bad movie. 
but it's not a movie I would tell everybody to watch. So things that went to that category were um, Firebird was one. If you like war movies, if you're that, if you're a dad, you know, like it's very much that kind of movie. I enjoyed it because I like those kind of movies, but it, it wasn't a good movie <laughs> score. It wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't like, yes, everyone needs to watch this. It was just kind of like, yeah, if you like war movies, <laughs> it's good. And I think the biggest one that people always talk about is Leaving Las Vegas. That movie was really hard for me to rate because I did not like the first 30 minutes whatsoever because it was just softcore porn and jazz. It's like, okay. But that's one of Nicolas Cage's, like, best acting jobs. He did so well in that movie, and I love the dialogue, and even the story is interesting. But I wouldn't just tell anyone to watch that movie because it's really dark and weird. And so it's like, mm, it's good, but... <laughs> I wouldn't give it, like, an eight. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have everyone watch it. Yeah, that's hard sometimes with movies. Like, because I remember, I think it's, like, called, like, Manchester by the Sea. It was one of those ones, 2016, something like that, and it was, like, slated to win all these Oscars and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I never ended up watching it, but I remember a couple of people talking about it, and one of the things they would say is they're like, yeah, it's like one of the most depressing movies you'll ever watch. Like, you'll watch this, and it will, like, like make you feel for, like, a day afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, those movies are really hard to recommend to people. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was one of those movies. Um, another one people always talk about is Mandy. And I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, just cut the first chunk. I don't get why it's there. <laughs> just, if you got rid of that, the rest of it's basically Nicolas Cage on LSD slaughtering people with an axe. I'm like, loved it. <laughs> loved the rest of it. <laughs> but the first half notes. Just why'd you do that? I didn't need any of that. <laughs> I just want to make these like clips of the best moments from the movies you don't need to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then there aren't there's one other thing I wanted to mention that it pissed me off at the time, but it's funny in hindsight. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I had to watch that pointless, stupid, dated, vapid movie. Nicolas Cage is in one scene. He's at a football game waving his arms. And the only reason why I knew it was him is because his blue eyes pierced the audience. That is it. I had to watch this entire stupid movie because of that. <laughs> I was like, I hate everything about this movie. <laughs> And what's even funnier about that movie, that movie had like an 80-something percent. I gave it a one. <laughs> okay. I think I know why it got an 80%. It's an old movie. And I could see a lot of these scenes have been recreated in sitcoms I watch. So I think back then it was extremely original and created this whole new dynamic of theater. But because I didn't watch it at the time, and I know everything that's going to happen in it, and nothing is worth my time otherwise, I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Why is it here? <laughs> Did you watch any other ones that you would, like, somewhat recommend, but Nicolas Cage was barely in it? Or were there any other ones like <laughs> yeah. that? Because, I mean, there had to have been, like, a few like that. Well, none of them were good movies, though. <laughs> like, a I can think of a couple that he's barely in, but they weren't good. So it's like, there's no reason to watch those. It's not a Cage movie. It's not a good movie. Just skip <laughs> it. The other one, it's also one of my other zeros. It's called um, Never on a Tuesday. 
What a terrible movie. Um, but Gilbert Cobfried is in it, and so is Nicolas Cage. For literally a minute. Each Both of them? them? Both of them. So bizarre. So, and they're, I don't even understand their point. <laughs> That's the other thing. Okay, I gotta talk about this stupid fucking movie. So, <laughs> the plot of this movie is these two guys from Ohio want to go to California for the babes, right? They're two losers, clearly. And the whole intro is literally, like, women on a beach running while they do, like, the intro credits, right? And they end up getting into a car accident because they're not paying attention. And they hit this woman, this hot, sexy lady, right, coming from California on her way to New York. And the whole rest of the movie is just them fantasizing about boning her, and she's a fucking lesbian. So it doesn't even... It's so horrible. Like, she's basically just trying to teach them to treat her like a person, and they don't. They just, every time they have a moment of being a person, they daydream about boning her. And you have to watch the daydream. It's not like you see them fade off. No, you watch it with them, and it's so horrible. And they're stuck in the desert for a day. And Wait, where's Nicolas Cage going? Uh, okay, so the other part of this movie that makes absolutely no fucking sense is a couple passerbys stop and talk to them. The first one is Nicolas Cage, who doesn't talk to them. He's a gremlin. He's in this full mask makeup thing where his nose is super long and he says these weird limericks and then leaves. And they don't even address it. <laughs> That's his whole part. He's at the very beginning for this, like, ten-second moment, and then he's gone. And then later, <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey shows up, and he's selling this product that's supposed to, like, fix your hair. And he sells the kid one of them, and then leaves. They're stranded in the desert. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's such a horrible movie. <laughs> like, I don't know who decided to do this. Okay, <laughs> just <laughs> okay, and I had to watch it. <laughs> okay, what about the movies that are so bad they're good? Okay, so we actually watched a couple bad ones together. So like the Wicker Man, that's a good one that we talked about. Yeah, uh, Nicholas Cage is just punching women, <laughs> sometimes in a bear suit. Yeah. It's, it, honestly, it doesn't even really make that much sense in context. It is a weird movie. <laughs> so, Drive Angry is another one. <laughs> Fucking sense. And Nicolas Cage has the dumbest hair. And the sex scenes alone are just like, what? <laughs> like, they happen out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so good. It's so stupid. So, Drive Angry is definitely one. Uh, Vampire's Kiss is no surprise to anyone. I had, I had to look up, because I was like, is this all a joke? Because if not, I'm very concerned. <laughs> to look up, I'm like, how serious did they intend for this movie to be? Because <laughs> when he puts on the fake vampire teeth, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what did I just get into? <laughs> like, he literally goes to a pawn shop, because he thinks he's a vampire. And he's like, I need some prosthetic teeth. And they show him these ones that are like 50 bucks, like really nice ones. He's like... I've got $5, and he hands them, like, the plastic teeth you get at, like, an arcade, and he wears them and starts biting people. It's so bad. 
At that point, I had to look it up. I'm like, I need to know how serious this is. What was it? No, the whole thing was meant to be a joke. I was oh. like, oh, thank God. Because I don't, I don't know how I would have felt if that was supposed to be like they ran out of money at this point. Oh, Willy's Wonderland. 10 out of 10. Beautifully well-made movie. As an absolutely terrible. But he doesn't even have any lines. <laughs> he doesn't have a single line. And he's just playing Five Nights at Freddy in real life, but he's in OP God mode and just demolishes them. He doesn't even get a scratch on him. Like, he just decimates these animatrons. <laughs> it's so good. Wild at Heart. Oh, wow. That was a lot of a movie. They're kind of, they keep quoting, like, um, Wizard of Oz. Don't know why. It's about him and his lady who run off together. The beginning alone. <laughs> It just starts off so crazy. You're like, yeah, this is one of the movies. He's at like a fancy dinner party. Like it looks like the dinner party in Ace Ventura with all the rich people. It looks just like that. Some guy pulls out a knife on him and threatens him. Just before this, he's like making googly eyes at this, his girlfriend's mom. And I guess the mom called the hitman on him. And the hitman, he, he kills the hitman in the middle of this party. That's the beginning. It's like hardcore action like beating the shit out of this man and then he like gets covered in blood from the knife wound and all this stuff i'm like what is happening <laughs> and then yeah he runs off with his girlfriend and they're just crazy like they're just weird people and they keep making a point anytime they light a cigarette they close in on like the match because it's like they're both burning for each other yeah and all the dialogue she just says the most random ass shit she'll just be like I had a dream that I was in Oz, and I tapped my shoes, and I ended up here. And he's like, okay, Peanut, that's funny. Your mind works in weird ways sometimes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're not going to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. And then at the end, uh, so he ends up in a bank robbery gone wrong, and he gets thrown in jail for seven years, and she's pregnant at the time. And so, like, when he gets out of jail, he meets his kid for the first time. And then the girl, like, has a breakdown. She's like, I'll get over it. It's just, it's a lot. I'm just trying to, like, get where I head around, around it. And he's like, you're better off without me. And just walks away. I know he tells the kid, he's like, be good or something corny. And he walks away. And this, like, back alley gang surrounds him. Like, it's West Side Story. And beat the shit out of him. And he has, like, a secondhand, like, a... Uh, out-of-body experience and the good fairy from the wizard of oz comes down and basically is like she loved you and forgave you for everything you're a fucking dumbass you need to go back to her and he's like you're right and then he wakes up and he's like hey gang sorry i called you all bad names but i have a love of my life waiting for me and i'm gonna go there and thank you for that lesson and then he goes back to her <laughs> what yeah. is this movie called wild at heart <laughs> i had to buy it on dvd because I couldn't stream it anywhere. I was like, well, I own this now. <laughs> well, I guess at least you like it. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Last kind of little bits with this, because we're kind of nearing the end. What do you think about this experience? What, what do you want to say to anybody who wanted to do this, or just how you feel as a whole? It's, so first of all, I want to head this off with, I find it weird that people get obsessed with celebrities. I'm like, they're just people, and I don't like to, like, grind and pry into their life, and I don't know what is and isn't accurate. So, as much as I love Nick Cage, I don't actually know a ton about him. People have been sending me stuff lately, so I've been learning more about him with his interviews and whatnot. But, um, 
through this journey, I've just really appreciated him as an actor a lot more. Because he is a very, very good actor. I'm not saying he hasn't done some terrible movies, but, I mean, one, it's his job. <laughs> like, he needed money, it's his job. I don't condemn him for that mentality behind some of the movies he did. But, like, seeing uh, Bringing Out the Dead and Leaving Las Vegas and just seeing how skilled of an actor he is and... He just seems like a really good person as much as he's probably a little crazy because what celebrity isn't when you're at that level of fame. Uh, but also I wanted to talk about like his movie. The reason why I ended this project when I did is because of the unbearable weight of massive talent. I ended this by watching that movie. And honestly, they referenced so much, so many of his movies in that that it made so much more sense to watch all these movies beforehand. Like, I appreciated that movie so much more because I knew all the references they were making. And that movie, at its core, is a Nicolas Cage movie. It is everything that I wanted in a Nicolas Cage movie. And I would say that if you... I will publish this list, and I would say you should definitely watch the good ones and the bad ones. <laughs> And read the Would Not Recommend and decide for yourself if you want to watch those. And just skip all the waste of time. Let's just be square. They don't talk about any of the waste of time movies <laughs> in that one. So you could just skip it all together. And if you wanted to do this project, I would definitely say start from first movie to last movie released. to so go by date range, not by whatever the fuck I did. And the last thing I'll say is my record is I watched 16 of his movies in one week. <laughs> Was that a good week or a bad week? It was a week. <laughs> it, was just, it was towards the end, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck, I gotta watch all these. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Um, the other movie I want to say is The Boy in Blue. It's hard to get access to. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere, but that's a very good movie, and I think everyone should watch that one. It's older, so it's really corny. But it's based on a true story about the invention of the moving seat on rowboats and competitions. It was really good. He's like... That's really random. <laughs> well, it's funny, because the other part of me saying he goes through these phases is, like, at some point he was a sex icon. And so, like, to me that's funny to watch, because I'm definitely not in that generation that sees that. And so in this movie, like, he's always glistening and, like, ripped. Like, he had a six-pack at one point. Like, he was a ripped dude. And so they put him in these big, like, I'm a sex symbol. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you did that. <laughs> Right. Now I gotta watch this. And I want to write a letter to him that's just like, do you miss being a sex symbol or do you, are you happier without it? <laughs> I'm like, this isn't me doing a jab. I'm just honestly curious how you feel about your mortality because you have those things documented. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's just a weird concept to me. You have the, the sex symbol and the weird things you Yeah, did. I'm like, look at your timeline and like, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Again, none of these are jabs. I'm just honestly curious of the psychosis behind this. Does he have children? Yeah, he has one, maybe two. Hmm. Again, I don't... I think it's weird to obsess over celebrities, so I can't say for certain. But I know, because I've seen pictures of, like, people say, I forget Nicolas Cage has a son, and he's completely goth, and people are like, I think he likes to forget sometimes, too. <laughs> like, it's a meme. <laughs> so I always find that funny. And um, his newest movie, he has a daughter in it. But I know for a fact he has a son. I don't know if he has any other kids. Okay. No, I was just curious. It's gotta be weird. His kid's not in the theater. It's gotta be weird to be his kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, if, like, his newest movie is supposed to be kind of, like, um, a play on who he is in real life. So, I mean, some over-exaggeration. But, I mean, he is pretty self-absorbed, it would seem. 
as you would like that's an actor's thing like that's pretty common and so I'd imagine being a, a child of that would be hard and they play like that in the movie they kind of play on like the daughter being like there's no room for me because it's all about you and I'm like yeah that's probably how it is <laughs> Yeah. He's Nick fucking Cage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get to see them, that's the other thing, too. Yeah. They're all over the place all the time. Yeah, he does want to do more in Las Vegas, apparently. And he loves shortbread. So I'm going to send him a letter with all my findings and questions. And, and a recipe for shortbread. And now I'm going to put real shortbread up in there. <laughs> He's going to get some real shortbread. I'm going to be like, awesome, I'm a baker here. Last thing, because I almost forgot about it. There's a movie called, like, USS Indianapolis. It's based on a true story. That movie was really intense. I had to look up how based on a true story it is, and the part that I was concerned about was true, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so, it's um, it's towards the end of World War II, and it's essentially the USS Indianapolis. It was a ship that won us the battle that basically made Japan go like, <laughs> we think we're losing. And then we uh, bombed them like four days later. In the process of this, this battleship like, went off course. They were told to go off course. I'm not going to go into the whole details behind the movie. I'm just going to talk about the scene that blew my mind. Um, and the ship gets blown up by a Japanese submarine. And at the beginning, so they started off with, like, 1,200 soldiers or passengers on the ship. After it sunk, they were down to about 619. Only, like, 116 survived after that because they're out at sea for a couple for days they over 150 of them got eaten alive by sharks alone and they kept showing like they'd be looking over the raft or doing something a shark would just get them like when they're just looking over or when they're throwing up or doing something and they get like rushed and people would try to get on the debris and stuff because they get like eaten by sharks and apparently this whole like scene inspired Jaws because of like the survivors were telling this story of like they were in the middle of the ocean and my I think what happened is like all the dead bodies and stuff from the ship brought a ton of sea creatures and the sharks were like we want something alive though and just started picking these people off and it's like terrifying <laughs> and yeah the survivors regale like yeah I was watching people literally get ripped apart by sharks like every goddamn day <laughs> it's like oh fuck <laughs> So I had to look it up. I'm like, this can't be accurate. It's like, no, that's that's the thing. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it's a lot. So that's another one. <laughs> Those parts of movies are always interesting. Because there's this movie. It's called Pain and Gain. It's not I think I've seen that one, actually. It's not quite one that I would recommend. But, like, it's one of those based on a true story things. And I think, like, one of the scenes is essentially they kill somebody and then the dude is, like, grilling him. And I think it's to get rid of the body or something. I don't remember if he eats him or not. I'm not sure. But, like, he, like, grills it. Yeah. And I think it's, like, a way just to hide him. And I looked it up and, like, most of the pain and game story wasn't true. That part was true. And it's like, yeah. That's hey. why I was like, are they playing this up for the film so you know it's interesting? <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> no, like... A quarter of them died this way. <laughs> like, holy fuck. Like, ooh. <laughs> Shark death intensity. Yeah, I was just like, now you know I'm obsessed with Nicolas Cage, and I'll post up that whole Excel spreadsheet that I created so you can read my reviews on the next episode. We're talking about movie fight scenes.
Jones, which is so specific. <laughs> you know what? We need that sometimes. We need it, yeah. And we haven't had a buddy episode in a while. This is like a joined episode. You're really not going to school, you piece of shit. Oh, wow. Can't get to the bottom? No. No, I don't. I don't appreciate this message, whatever the fuck it is. The, the bad always win. Uh, fuck you. It's just, no. I don't want this to be a movie. Delete this. Delete this.